If I waited any longer, we'd be sitting here for another hour waiting for you to finish chewing that fucking oatmeal cookie. Oh my god. And then, and then we'd be late for what? <laughs> I mean, it's, a, you know, I mean, if that's what we're waiting on, you know, like, are there a lot of, there are a lot of board meetings that, that start off that way? Ah, we gotta, we gotta wait for Caparulo to finish his fucking cookie. Maybe sitting there a while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like, I do like a good oatmeal cookie. Yeah, it's been your kick for the moment. Yeah, yeah, I know. They seem to uh, insist on giving the oatmeal raisin around here. Oh, which, uh, no, don't add the fruit. I'm not fucking happy. But it, it is, it is. It's just, it's like, it's, you know, here, if you want to eat oatmeal cookies, you got to eat little fruity boogers. <laughs> and I got to eat fruity boogers. I, and that's how determined I am to eat oatmeal cookies, <laughs> is that I've, I've decided to play through the pain. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no, no, they just, I've, I've had to psych myself out and go, okay, well, you like raisin, you like raisin bran, so this is just like raisin bran, right, kid? All right, now get in there. It's like passing a swim test. It's fucking terrible. But I get. Wait a minute, it. I've, I've watched you give them to the boys. You're not giving the boys raisins, are you? No, I never give them. Okay, raisins, raisins are poisonous. I'm sure fucking cookies are too, but. Carry on with that. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know if there was any more to your indictment of how I, um, <laughs> I mean, how, how I, I parent our dogs. I mean, I let, I, I've I seen give, you let them eat chocolate off give your them chest. Little slivers. No, the chocolate. I have no choice. I just wake up and and it's gone. <laughs> that's just. It's like yeah. I'm just like a, I'm like a wino or something like in the middle of the street. It's like some kids came and robbed me while I was passed out. That's what. Yeah, Scobie's just always uh, harvesting my chest crumbs because um, I have no pride, ladies like and gentlemen. Last week was it when you got chocolate stuck in your CPAP mask? Like you put on your CPAP mask and there was just like melted chocolate all over it. Mm. <laughs> and it was we were, up on the nose. Like I mean, it's it's it wasn't even where the mouth part. And for some reason, we were surprised by this. <laughs> it was like, why is there chocolate on my nose? And I had to do a little investigating. You mm -hmm. know, hired a couple of guys and. Uh, <laughs> You know, we found out that it was, uh, I'm a slob. So. Oh, did we just find that out? We just found that out. Yeah. Just now. Speaking of hiring a couple guys, how do you like this setup? Well, oh, we're doing it. We're not in the pink room this week. We're in our, like, TV living, watching area room. room. Yeah. I don't think family. It sounds so I don't, I just, middle America. Like, wow. with our TV. Oh, we actually do have TV trays. Feelings. Our Schwans, what were the? Oh, what were we talking about the other day? The food, the TV food trays, things, TV dinners. T what? Yeah, TV. Oh, we were talking about Hungry Man dinners. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up on the Schwan truck. You had never seen the Schwan truck, so I had to like Google it for you. It was this like giant truck. It's not like a semi truck, but it's like bigger than a minivan, and it would drive around a, a rural areas because I lived out in the boonies. <laughs> they would, they would, yeah. 
And we hunt white trash. <laughs> <laughs> We're more hillbilly than white trash. Yeah, yeah. And it was just this like giant freezer truck. I'm sure there's probably a couple dead bodies in there. But they had the best chocolate push-ups. Just because? <laughs> I guess I've watched so much Dexter that I just see an ice truck yeah, and I think dead bodies. Yeah, I guess it's like, well, you don't want to waste the ice truck. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I never had this thing you're talking about Schwann's. Truck. yeah they had like shitty cardboard pizzas like the kind of pizza that you would get in a school lunch oh, no, i never i never had that delivered to me by uh <laughs> basically the ice cream man that would be awesome if there was like if i heard uh, there should be more ice cream men you know like that i mean but different kinds of foods it'd be awesome you know uh, it, depending on the yeah, jingle. it's called a food truck, you like, fuck. Like, what if there was an oatmeal cookie guy? That'd be fucking awesome. You know? Oh, my God. Stop everything. It's it's the cookie guy. He's driving by. You'd only be excited about it for the next week or so, and then you're going to get over this kick. You know, you should be happy that I'm, I'm only like Ooh. this with... I said kick, and then she My kicked. Snacks. Oh, really? Did yeah. you get a little kick? <laughs> yeah, a little kick. Oh, that's that's fun. We felt like our oh. first little... Will you shut the fuck up? We, f- <laughs> we felt... <laughs> Your mom's patience is wearing thin with you. <laughs> now that there's a real there's baby... A, yeah, there's a baby kicking in there. I got no time for like, you, oh, Scobie. God, look. That's not true. I just spent the last hour massaging and rubbing and cuddling and rocking him. Cooing. Oh, the cooing. I like to coo at him. Me and Barney have to sit through the cooing. Barney, if you're going to get in my chair, just fucking get in my chair. I mean, it's just, just do it, okay? You're you're upsetting your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Make a decision and go with it, Barn. I mean, you never do. You just. You just, you want my chair. You want me to give up, my, relinquish my seat, and I'm not going to give you my seat. Are we so, sure that Barney's not a Libra? He's very indecisive. I'm not sure that Barney's a Libra. <laughs> what what month is that? I don't know. I mean, Barney's... Uh, October-ish? Uh, no, Barney was born in March, so, uh, yeah, so was Scobie, actually. Um, Scobie was, I, I birthed Scobie on May 4th. Scobie was born in March, though. <laughs> but he came out of my vagina May 4th. Listen, lady, you can say what you want to about your vagina, all right? I, uh, I know that that dog was, uh, he was born relatively around the same time Barney was. Whatever. Because they don't, they don't let you have, they don't give puppies to a... Yeah, I'm familiar. ...ten weeks. I know. So, right. Oh, but, my God. Scobie. Scobie. He was birthed the day that we met. Um, anyways, oh, so now we're in the living room because the pink room, as we were talking about last week, I luckily redid the whole room and put all of the merch in, um, container store plastic bins and stuff. If I hadn't. Yeah, on chance, yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily I went through all that crap and did that because if I hadn't, they would all be ruined right now. We had torrential downpours and like the fucking ceiling fell in and nothing got damaged. Surprisingly, right. but yeah. now yeah. that room's all covered in plastic wrap while we have fucking dudes come in and tear up the wall and the ceiling. And they asked, I guess I wasn't here for it, but they asked John if he wanted to paint the room another color. And he went with pink again because it's now the pink room. So it's staying pink. I, well, I, I just was like, it is the pink room. And we're having a girl. 
Yeah. Madden is a girl, so figured she's not going to have a problem with it. Um, she might. Not uh, all she, girls she like me. Not all girls. I, I swear I didn't mean to stereotype um, <laughs> <laughs> our baby before she's born, but... Uh, yeah, I just I just figured well it's it's fine as pink anyway, and since they gotta repaint it now, because they always have to do something else, because uh, they just they, they love to capitalize on the the mold, the fear oh. of mold. This is just this I've ridiculous. got new mama syndrome that I'm like oh, I want you to tear down every wall in this house and let me know if there's any form of mold in there. Oh, God, black, it's... blue, green. I don't care what color it is. Let me know if it's in there. But, like, but, but <laughs> you need to remember that contractors are not doctors. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> are are we going to be okay with the? <laughs> it's like the lady. We uh, and they always tell you to, to just placate you. Oh no, I. You're fine. You're fine until I can come back on Wednesday. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. You're full of shit. I just don't want a newborn breathing in bad air. Ooh, or my burps. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Hey, dude, you got a chair. He's got a chair. Just let him have a chair. Shut this is why up. we do it in the pink this room. Is, people are listening to this right now. You're costing them time. Um, yeah, the, the mold. I just. Stop. You had you uh, you had a what family friend who yeah my mom's died. friend Sherry we grew up um, in Marietta Ohio which is right on the Muskingum and Ohio rivers and when I was in high school around that time like 2004 ish there was really bad floods that came I mean like the whole town you could like literally to get anywhere you had to row a fucking boat and um, <laughs> my mom's friend Sherry had the lucky you had a boat I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like there was I mean literally the only way of transportation was boat you couldn't even walk through it, it was so deep and there's like catfish the size of Volkswagen bugs that you don't want to even swim in it or anything anyways Sherry, I'm sorry I'm just I'm just fidgeting with I'm like trying to with my left foot trying to get help Barney Barney sit chair. down and go he, want, he won't he's doing that fucking thing like he's getting out of the pool like, <laughs> you know, he's got his he's got his hands up here on the side and it's like um little help <laughs> it's like dude I'm trying. I mean, because he's done that before where he's, like, sprung off my my foot or something. But he just won't. He insists on being a pain in the ass tonight. I don't know why, because most nights he's a dream. That's a lie. There you see, he's going off to sleep. He's not going to growl, bark, chew loudly. Anyways, um, so my mom's friend Sherry had this really cool house. It was, like, a log cabin-ish, like, right on the river well it got flooded and they dried it out to the best that they could and then like i don't know if it was a month a week a year later the whole house got flooded again uh -huh. and so she had like all this black mold through the house which is the first time i'd ever even heard of black mold oh, and gosh. are you fucking serious are you fucking serious you went and took another chair i'm I, i'm gonna put you outside you and you're gonna hang out with some coyotes tonight. I swear, <laughs> it's just gonna be you and coyote. You're gonna be out there at the window, like, hey, could you could you let me in? It's getting it's getting a little coyote-ish out here. You know, I'm above them. Um, you know, they they won't just go get themselves a home like I did. Fucking punk ass coyotes. <laughs> you're such an uppity little shit. Ah, uh, see, Barney couldn't get comfortable. Now he's got to go to a dog bed. 
poor guy. Good. No, not good. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, the house, the, the log cabin. Terry's log cabin. It got flooded and she died. Hmm. Well, <laughs> uh, Look what you did to my story, Barn. Um, uh, that was actually Scobie who did Whatever. It. Uh, yeah, so I don't. Mind, but, uh, I, yeah. I kind of exaggerate stories and make up things that I'm not really sure happened or not. I like to tell people that she died from black mold, but that might not be 100% true, but it's 100% true in my mind, so that's what I go with. Yeah, see, here we go. I mean, up until now, it's always been like, no, no, she died. Black mold. I mean, black mold was in her house, and it <laughs> it raped her and killed her. Like, what the fuck? And now, and now it's just you just show give me that little crack of it like. It might have well, been like. I might. It might be bullshit. She might have gotten hit by a car. No, <laughs> it was like cancer or something, but I think the cancer stemmed from the black mold. I just remember I was in college, and I drove like the two and a half hours back home to say goodbye to her because my mom was like, you know, Sherry's not doing well, and she'd been a family friend for years. Mm. And so I walk in the house, and me, I'm so awful in situations like that. I'm like, hey, Sherry, how you doing? <laughs> I'm <laughs> She's dying like, over here. That's exactly what she, she said. <laughs> Good one, Sherry. <laughs> she was so cool. I loved her. <laughs> she, um, that's, uh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, you're so... I mean, with that in your past, in your, you know, relatively recent memory... Coupled with being pregnant. Coupled uh, with the fact that you keep watching that Family Guy episode with the mold in Bobby no, Hill's room see, over and over it's again. King of the Hill, so apparently I need oh, to watch it again that's what I meant. because you haven't even gotten what show it is. <laughs> I, I you know, I always get those shows mixed up. I watched it like twice. You've I, watched it like five times in the last I week. I put it on maybe like five times, but I was asleep all of those times except for twice. Well, you forget that you put on the same show and I well, yeah, stay but, up and watch it over you, and over again. You sleep that heavily, but you always seem to see all the shows I put on. Like, because I'll put on a playlist just to put me to sleep, like, you know, like they're, they're bedtime stories. And I don't really think about... You know, it's is anybody going to really, you know, because we're sleeping. Because you're so gone. I mean, there's so much shit that happens. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, between me and Scobie and... Like, wait, what? Uh, what like, kind of shit's happening between I, you I, and Scobie like, while I'm asleep? The, the, just the, him shitting on the floor, me yelling... Like, uh, None of me that getting happens. in and out of bed, all kinds of shit happens. And, uh, me getting in and out of bed is listed under all kinds of shit happening. Me yelling at my <laughs> CPAP. Me fucking, uh, I don't know, like, I mean, the coyotes and, and you know, going out nights outside and, and Scobie's out there. You act like on. a leprechaun came riding in on a coyote and, like, started playing Harlem Globetrotters basketball in our living, or in our bedroom. And you're actually listing you getting in and out of bed. Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't wake you up, you know, if, uh, if it was just standard Red Auerbach basketball, where with the chest pass and so forth, there are people who will get that reference. But um, it's just, it's. But honey, he's spinning the ball on his finger. You got it. You're gonna have to get up for this. This is insane. Well, how can you sleep through this? <laughs> you do sleep. 
I've recorded you in your ridiculous sleep, and you've done the same to me, but you are just... You're gone. You know it. That's what I mean. You're a heavy sleeper, but yet, how do you catch all these shows? I don't know, because I'm better than you. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you, ma'am. We're, you're the only other one with a microphone <laughs> in this situation, so I am... You know, that's why I was talking to you about it. You, you, you really... I, I, I know that you're hardwired to be like that, but you, you got it. Quit, quit just shutting me down when I ask questions. I, uh, I ask what? a follow-up. I just ask a follow-up. What I'm kind like, of well, answer do you, you really want? But you tell me. But that's the thing. It's like when you tell a person a story, and I'm talking to the audience right now, and not my wife who's glaring at me as usual. Um, I, you know, if you tell a person a story, if they react by going, uh-huh, uh, and just move on. Uh, is that is wouldn't you be wouldn't you be happier if like somebody was like, oh really? Well, did you blah blah blah? Do you realize that you're the up. you're the longest storyteller no storyteller teller storyteller yes. known to man? I do. You I do drag really. out stories way Forever. longer than they need to. I, know. I look I. I got yelled out about that way before you were born, dear. <laughs> like, well, I mean, well, up. before you, before you and I met, at least my my sister used to, I mean, break my balls about. Oh, here we go, Mister. Just tell the fucking story, and she didn't realize that I had all these, you know, these these funny little quips and anecdotes. Your parents are the same way. I know. It's, yeah, my dad's. He just drifts in and out of consciousness. With, uh, <laughs> and then uh, my mom, yeah, she she does like uh, when I was a kid, she would tell stories. I could I could I could tell it's like she was like warming up her set. Like she she'd tell my aunt, then you know, said to get a little more polished, she'd go tell my grandmother, and then she'd have to go to my you know my dad's family's house. And it's like she knew she had to be. <laughs> Her set had to be tight there because there was a lot of hate coming her way. So it was like, I, I mean, I would just listen to her in the other room. And I'm like, here we go. That line again. Oh, God. Come on, man. I get, it's, it's just, just get over that story, Jean. But that would be her story for that month. And, yeah, she'd, uh, I, I just, I don't. I've I don't just know never. Tell a story that's not. It doesn't have detail. You've and there's details that you, you don't need in there. You can you can chop <laughs> sure down some of your details. I mean, I, I mean, but there it's uh, it's usually I usually get a laugh or two out of those details. So that's what's there. What it's there for. I mean, it's if fun you were for me and you a professional storyteller, I would think that you were the worst storyteller I don't ever. Say I'm a professional storyteller. I sound like a hillbilly that way. Like you know, like. Oh, professional storm storyteller. Oh, John Cranberry. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he'll be here with his corncob pipe and uh, to spin some yarns. It's, it's, I'm not a professional storyteller. Well, it's kind of like I also think that you're the dumbest smart person I've ever met. Uh-huh. You're an awesome storyteller, but you're also the worst storyteller. Right, right. That's... Well, you know, it's great that, um, 
you know, to, to be married to somebody who thinks that. Uh, My crotch you know, is getting bigger and bigger. I love this, too. You know what? Here it is. You know, I'm a person who... In my pants. I do tell a lot of stories, a lot of detail. I I usually put in a lot of feeling and emotion where it's, where it's needed. And I'm talking to an audience normally, in you, that, I mean, like, where, where it's just like, I could say, I could say anything, and you just, you volley it back over the net. Like, like if I hit a tennis ball... Like a, a fucking boomerang comes back at me. Like, like what? Wait, we weren't even playing with that kind of ball. <laughs> you know, it's just like you know. Oh God, babe, I had a really it's a horrible flight. I almost, I, I I almost died from fucking whatever. It was the plane almost crashed. Whatever, and you know, and I get. Oh my God! There's there's a hole in my crotch. Like what the fuck? There is a hole in my crotch. These are my brand new sweater pants. I've but, only had them on is, for forty eight hours how straight. How is that ever? How is? Do you, do you understand how how just really really hard that is though to tell stories or tell anything to somebody, and the subject gets automatically changed to just something ridiculous. Ridiculous! Like you're, you know, I mean, you're just—it's like I have to—I have to break you out of it all the time. I'm like, hey, hey, stop looking at your reflection in the refrigerator. <laughs> all right, let's stay with me here. All right, shiny we're, we're objects. Talking. We're talking, and uh, yeah, I guess you that's been ingrained. Like, like your family can go on with the story forever. I was talking to my dad's mom the other day, who we've only recently started talking again yeah um and it's only i mean we've talked on the phone when when were we down in uh west palm beach like in uh, the summer geez. was that the summer I think it was like august i mean i remember being like about six months ago maybe maybe, mm. six months ago, maybe yeah not it was that. the summer anyways like that's the first time i'd seen her in years and since then we've talked on the phone like two or three times so you know, we're going through all the blood tests and everything with the baby. And, like, you know, I wanted to talk to my grandma about this because she knows that side of the family. Mm-hmm. Like, the only person I've told on that side of fa- that family is my ex-stepmom. Right. Just because I want her to warn my sisters. But, you know, they're 20, 21 years old. They don't want to think about that shit now. So I just, you know, yeah. put into her brain, hey, when the time comes that they're, you know, in baby mode – this is something that they need to look into. But, you know, she's my ex-stepmom. She doesn't know as much about... And she, her blood doesn't have anything to do right. with yours. So, so yeah. I'm, like, wanting to, like, have a conversation with my grandma about this. And every time I try to bring it up, I swear that conversation got changed to the weather five times. <laughs> like, her weather, Florida weather, our weather, yeah. the weather in Connecticut. Like, I mean, it, like... And I never actually got to talk to her about it because I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just never going to be able to get this out. So right. it just, right. I Which, kind of understand what you're saying. And I'm sorry that I do that because as of recently, I started picking up on how annoying that is. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a little, um, disheartening, I guess is the best way to, yeah. Yeah. Ding. Word of the day. <laughs> disheartening. Yeah. It's disheartening to be like, um, you know, you're telling somebody something, and you're trying to get them to come with you at least to a degree emotionally, and they're they're like you know, it's that what do you have chocolate on your cheek? Like we're, it's, <laughs> I, we're not talking about that, all right? Just 
Well, you <laughs> Stay can't, with me here. You can't start a story with chocolate on your cheek. Okay, but the thing is, is you can't listen to, like, half the story and then go, Hey, wait a minute. That's chocolate on your cheek. I mean, I got a lot of chocolate on my face, folks. <laughs> All right? It's like I got a, I had a lot of issues with uh, chocolate getting away from me and um, ends up in uh, weird places, I guess. Um, I was scrubbing it out of my forever lazy today. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, it's that's the pinnacle of success right there. Like when you when you find yourself in your laundry room with an old toothbrush scrubbing out chocolate stains from your from your big onesie that you wear to bed every now and then. You should you should often. keep chocolate stains on your forever lazy like like a like scars are <laughs> like <of> honor. yeah <laughs> like that's ex if you're gonna have chocolate on any form of clothing it would be a forever lazy right right it's like yeah it's just like blood stains on a fucking you know like if you're, you're in a battle yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure without it. the bad memories I guess well yeah there's always there's always the bad mem there's always the bad memories of the chocolate really I mean it's you know the um. Well, you know, well, the weight gain and um, the uh, the shame <laughs> that I have when I wake up. Um, oh, man, I watched December's Caplets and I like shudder. I like literally have five chins in it. I just oh, I is that what you shudder. Yeah. You, you, oh, you mean it would last the last one I did before this past one that I recorded. Right. It, December. It's not out yet because they get released. So it's two in ago December. for me, though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know. I don't. Your ex, your ex manager, labeled them the month that we were putting them out instead of the month that we were recording at the beginning, and I really hate that because it should be labeled the month that we're recording it. Uh huh. But they're not, and that annoys the hell out of me. It, it makes no sense I, in my mind. I was I was lucky. He was aware of uh, uh, that the internet existed so uh, <laughs> you know uh, moving on um we uh speaking of the industry you brought up an interesting tidbit earlier about the tidbit i'm such a jackass um about the that movie i guess not coming out the interview the, the interview. james franco and uh oh seth rogan yeah yeah um yeah that's um that it's it's one of those things that I look at it. I'm like, well, did they didn't they know that this was a a risky proposition before they produced the movie? And then see, maybe it's because I'm always kind of in a I hate saying a, like a Hollywood mindset, but like in a marketing kind of like is this skeptic. just a, is, yeah. yeah is this just a big marketing scam or am so, I completely just this stupid L.A. naive girl thinking that? No, I don't think that's naive at all. I think that's that's actually somebody who's not taking everything at face value. Did they take a poll and realize that this movie is shit and they're like, okay, what's the way that I can, we can get it on DVD and sell the crap out of it? Or even if the movie's not shit, if it's just just that it was going to basically fall into the, you know, it wasn't going to get much attention. Let's say that. Let's say it, it, has... it just wasn't going to do that well. Yeah. And but then if you live if outside you, of L.A., you might not hear about it. But if you're here, there's billboards and bus benches. I mean, they promote yeah. the crap out of it here. And I remember seeing stuff for it before, but I just I just think that, okay, if it if it is just going to kind of fall in line with the herd, 
of uh, the rest of the movies that are out there, and it's not. It was never going to be anything that special. All of a sudden, you make it legendary because now it carries all this political weight on it. Right. Um, you know, so it's. Uh, I didn't want to see it before, but now I'm like, I need to see this movie. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, I need to see this movie, which nobody was. I don't think anybody was saying that before. Exactly. So is so, this just an awesome marketing scheme? I, it's if it's not purposely, it it is accidentally. So is anything done this big accidentally? I don't think so. I mean, I I'm a I'm a crackpot. So <laughs> I um I I I look at everything now and I'm like, hmm, what <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? I don't I don't I just. I'm always, yeah, I'm stroking a goatee that isn't there. (laughs) Wait a minute. Why I even brought up the Harlem Globetrotters earlier, because obviously I haven't thought about them in forever, (laughs) was because we were watching that documentary where three Harlem Globetrotters go over to North Korea um, and play. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, And I remember when you were on Chelsea Lately, Chelsea talking about um, Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Rodman's trip, yeah. yeah, being over there, and I just never really paid. I didn't realize North Korea was as bad as it is. Like oh. what's going on? I just never that never registered in my brain. So yeah. when she when like Chelsea lately would talk about Dennis Rodman over there and how just crazy it was and what I didn't realize that a Kim Jong Un and you know all of his fathers and predecessors or whatever like we're obsessed just too yeah by by what it says on there like but yeah were that that they were obsessed with was placed yeah well i'm saying that they were obsessed with the chicago bulls Mm because i was always like why why dennis rodman of all people Mm -hmm. like and now obviously that makes sense because michael jordan was too smart to do that yeah michael jordan's not gonna go over there but it's like dennis rodman wants friends you know, no. I mean, that's what everybody, when everybody was criticizing Rodman, because it was a big deal when people were like, because, you know, we can't get a an ambassador or a, you know, a senator or any sort of dignitary to go over there and get on their land and actually try to get into some peace talks with them. And the one guy who can get over there is Dennis Rodman. And it was once again (laughs) disheartening. (laughs) And and they're like, okay, everybody started putting the weight of the, you know, all the political differences of the U.S. and North Korea on Dennis Rodman. And this is a guy who, you know, if you know anything about him, his story, sports... You follow if you followed him at all. It's he's not a guy who is um, who you should put those kind of expectations on, and he's a he's savvy in his own way because and he was a great player, really great player, but he's not the type of guy who's who really cares enough about politics when it comes to a parties. He wants a he wants to you know. If if somebody can throw a party for him, or if he can throw a party for somebody else, and being liked, loved, it's you can tell it's a genuinely big deal to that guy. Oh, so, I want to give him so many I, hugs. Oh, I I can show you him crying on this uh, show called Up Close because they they took his daughter away when he was young. Oh, um, you know, 
they wouldn't his first wife would like got custody wouldn't let him see her and it was he melted right in front of Roy Firestone it was uh I want to be his friend but that's what I'm saying it, he's uh um you know I I don't I I just when that happened it was like Dennis isn't the guy you know to really put that on it's almost like well as long as he doesn't do anything to worsen it I would say you just let him do what he does and be Dennis Rodman, you know, because everybody was all like, because Dennis thanked them. You saw, like, he said, thank you for having me here as one of you and whatever. For ex- he said for accepting us as one of your own. Right. And, you know, and it's like everybody's like, well, wait a minute. What about the labor camps and what about the blah, blah, blah? The, and Dennis Rodman doesn't. He doesn't know anything about, he doesn't know anything more than, you know, me or you. He's just, like, I just, the guy likes me. He really does, he's just like, that guy likes me. I just want to go, I'm going to go over there because, I, the, you know, the guy, he likes me. He's inviting me and some other guys over there. It's a, be cool to do. And yeah. I, you know, I, I can't really hold the guy, you know, I, I just, yeah, that was, that's old news, but that's, the thing with the, the movie, though, it's like, now there's all this debate over whether it's, I guess, what, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're letting the terrorist win, or whatever, and, I mean, you can, you know what, if, if, in the case of when the terrorist has a nuclear, nuclear bombs, you, you, you know what, in this case, you, you let him win. That movie, <laughs> you know what, even if it was the Shawshank Redemption, all right, you still gotta, if it's Shawshank or nuclear holocaust, you, you, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give up Shawshank. <laughs> I mean, you're just gonna have to, and that's it, just the—it's just the way it is. And it's like, I—I I mean, does it set a bad precedent? Maybe. I mean, I mean, can they—they they start threatening to to can some really bad movies now? I mean, can there just be some really bad movie police that are out there like, look, you release that shit, it's on. We're <laughs> gonna fucking light the city on fire, but. You know, um, yeah, it's, I, I just think that in this case, it's, I think they should have known before, but I think like, I think what you're saying, it's, it has, it has some validity. I'll, I'll go down that road with you as far as, is it a, is it a ploy? You know, is it all an advertising ploy on the studio's part? Yes. Because Sony was already in shit for the hacking and everything. It just Mm -hmm. seems like... All I know is that Sony keeps popping up on my Twitter feed. Right. And they said that they think it's... Right now, they just said they think it's... There's a connection at this point. And and we're recording this on, you know, uh, Wednesday the uh, Wednesday, December 17th. (laughs) At 11 p.m. So, you know, things might have changed since, uh, you know, since then. But... It just. Well, I mean, well, this all came like, out today, this afternoon. Yeah, I know, but I mean the, uh, I mean the like the the stories I was reading, like 
you know, the one on Deadline that said, it's official, Sony's pulling the movie, was posted three hours ago. So, oh. you know, I don't know. It would have been four hours ago now. But yeah, it's still, I, I think, I think you, I think you give up the Seth Rogen movie. If it, <laughs> if it I, I just, if there's a, if there's a chance that we could piss off some people with, with nuclear missiles. You're just you're gonna have to be their bitch at this point. I I just don't. I wonder what Seth Rogen's takes on take is on it. Take. I saw on. one quote was which was I wish North Korea could see this movie, which I I get what uh, I mean. I only got that quote, so I don't know what the rest of it was. We should probably do more research for this show, but um, <laughs> nah, eh, fuck it. But uh, I think I think you'd be disappointed at what North Korea's reaction would be. Yeah, because I mean, I like I, was I know that his to... opinion really doesn't matter in this situation, but it's also like you put that many hours, days, months, mm. years into a project, and then it's like, nope, nobody gets oh. to see it. Editing, advertising, posters, fucking billboards, all that shit that they did, plus all the the online shit. It's fucking that's all the incredible. interviews he had to do. But I, I yeah, and I think interview? at some point along that way, would nobody thought. Hey, this might piss off Korea. I mean, well, even Chelsea lately. I remember her talking about uh, Chelsea Handler. Well, I know, but know on Chelsea. Oh, really? Uh, well, you. I just. I just wanted you to make to make sure. What I was I'm here to catch it for. I'm it. saying Chelsea lately in general. I don't know if it came out of Chelsea's mouth, uh, Brad Wallach's mouth, Heather McDonald, whoever's uh. just that group of writers and staff over there. They would always call Kim Jong Un like a giant baby. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nothing is happening to any of them, so I'm sure the same thing was going on with Rogan and this whole movie production. It was like every, I mean, I'm sure Jimmy Fallon and all the other late night sh- talk shows have called Kim Jong Un a giant baby and whatever else, and oh, nothing's really happened. So that's what I mean. Like, why would this movie be any different? Team America, World Police. That when that movie uh, came out, I think it was 2004 that that came out, and that was when the guy's dad was still in power with the big glasses and that that movie was all the all puppets movie yeah i never and they did a you know i mean they oh they killed him in that movie i mean it was really it was just it was a puppet that was supposed to be him and he was just i mean they just completely they just it was hilarious but they destroyed the guy and i mean as far as comedically (laughs) again North Korea. Not that any of you listen to or can understand my podcast, but uh, it didn't destroy it in the sense that, uh, God, I'm North Korea's bitch now. But, um, yeah, it's it's just, I, you know, it's not the first one that's ever fucked with them. Well, I just found out about North Korea today, so I don't know why I'm holding a mic and talking about it. Hey, man, you just, it's, I... Like I've always said it with, uh, like with Timmy. Timmy used to, you're my, I'm, you're my retribution for what I put on Timmy. Because Timmy was always Mr. Al, who knew everything. And I'd just ask him to fill me in. Like, hey, <laughs> Mr. Al. We still use so, Timmy uh, for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I do, I do check with him. Yeah, as a, you know, as an index at least. But, uh, as a reference point. But I, you know. 
I never cared about anything that was, you know, world events, political shit, any of that stuff. His, I've always been a history Weren't you buff. the comedian that said, I guess I got more channels than you do, dude? Yeah, I was that comedian. And I am still that comedian because I still, like, I've, I've made this point before to just to repeat. Like, I watch Apple TV. We're sitting here right now with the fucking screensaver on Apple TV rolling across the screen again. And, I mean, I can pretty well isolate myself from what's going on currently. You know, because it's just like, well, I I just watch, I watch recorded stuff. Oh, I know. My grandparents all the time, well, my whole family in general, whether they're in Ohio or Florida, they're always like between the droughts and the fires and the mudslides, whatever's happen happening in California, they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm looking out the window like, yeah, everything. it's 70 degrees and sunny here. Why? And they're like, you need to turn on your news every once in a while because uh -huh. what they hear, see, watch, I don't get any of that because I'm in my little bubble. Oh, yeah. The news I get is from Twitter. But the thing is, is that's probably a better source of news than what they get. It might not be. The, the people thing I is, follow is on Twitter are comedy enough, writers. <laughs> you might not follow enough people who are, you know, news reporters or whatever. But the thing is, is if you turn on CNN or any of the, the major news networks, they're oh. going to they're going to give you a, a filtered version of everything that whatever Whatever they want you to know and however they want you to see the world is what they're going to put up there. So I know, it's, it's John. I watched the newsroom. <laughs> you just started maybe, <laughs> a, what, a week ago? I mean, it's I watched it's all same. of season one and, like, up to – I'm caught up on now season two or three. Or, okay, I'm, I'm caught up on it. You're caught up on it. Like, But I'm sure I told you this a month ago. Okay. What? This same – philosophy which is i mean the with the news media oh that news the, is crap the, no know, i'm I look, I familiar have, with look, that i look i'm i'm a i'm a crackpot all right i yeah you real? i mean i know that i've talked about this before but i was one of those interns that were going on the ap and choosing i'm 17 years old choosing what the what we were going to talk about for the day <laughs> like they i mean they would have me choose stories I'm guessing there's a lot of 17-year-old interns who are going on the AP and choosing the stories for the news stations. Um, where were you doing this? Parkersburg, West Virginia, WTAP. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, see, local news is one of those things that's like, I, does anybody really, it, it's not like what it was where uh, you used to depend on your 6 o'clock news from your local news team. To give you, you know. To oh, there's a like, water skiing squirrel. It's on. I, I'm putting that shit on there. They need water skiing squirrel, squirrels. The 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 news in L. A. always leads off with like TMZ shit. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking. It's I remember before I moved here, my friend was like trying to like warn me of the differences between Ohio and here, and she was like, Lindsay Lohan is the news here mm -hmm. like what you think is like hollywood news in ohio or wherever else like that's just the news here <laughs> yeah yeah sensationalism it's because they have to because it's the only way they're going to be able to get still get people to pay attention to their program because it's like 
as far as your hard news and, you know, what's going on in the world, if people are really determined to find that out, they're going to go online. I just got this correlation. Gonna... So, sorry, I wasn't listening to anything you I said because I just had, I know, I just had like a breakthrough. Again, what do I, because, what do do? well, I was thinking of what is actually played on the 6 o'clock news on WTAP, and it's all local high school football games, wrestling matches, all the high school team stuff. Right. Lindsay Lohan and celebrities are our team here in Hollywood. Well, you, to a degree, yeah, I mean, I I don't think just Lindsay Lohan. Well, it, she but, just, I, I mean, I, I get the example, and that's even like figurative a, Lindsay Lohan. Her, well, yeah, her she's Paris outdated Hilton, even. Ta- well, Paris Hilton's really outdated. Yeah, right, I get it, but. When I moved here four years ago, she was in the news all the time, and that's who, when I think of celebrity in the news, it's still her, even though she's out of it now, because apparently she moved to New York and will never live in L.A. ever again. Wow. All right. I hadn't noticed. (laughs) Um, I I just think with with news, it's just sort of... You have to, it's really hard to pick your spots as far as where you're going to find it from now. Like where, like where do you, where do you like legitimately trust anymore to go, okay, yeah, I'm actually getting, you know, I actually am getting the right story. Like, you know, I don't, uh, it's really, it's a. I think you need to watch many different ones and then correlate your own opinion. Yeah, if you're really determined to, to and nobody has time yeah. for that bullshit. And no, but and they and that's the thing is, the figurative man is counting on that, counting on the fact that look, look, everybody's just got their own shit. They're not gonna fucking worry about this. They're not gonna get that into it. So instead, I'll just go on Twitter and then have Simpsons writers tell me what I need to know. Right. Well, I mean, like, let's say this thing with with uh, North Korea. You sent me that thing. It was uh, you texted it to me because um you knew I would appreciate it because I'm a crackpot. Um, that thing about Ebola, like that you know. Oh, that it just automatically disappeared. Yeah, and like, like what were they and what were they trying to distract us from? Right. And yeah, it was all of a sudden it went from everybody's gonna get Ebola, it's gonna be everywhere, to it just gone and nobody yeah. talks about it anymore. Right, and like. What what was that? Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, well, was that a tool to distract us from something else? Oh, I always like, think that whatever the major news story is, is just a little glittery object to be like, all right, all you little idiot minions, look over here, look at this, to whatever else is actually going on. Yeah, I think that, well, I think it's a fucking, it's a tapestry. Boom. The other <laughs> word of the day, it's a, it's a <laughs> wicked fucking tapestry. Of, uh, you know, just red herrings and like, you know, it's, it's a decoy. <laughs> Extra word. Uh, okay, now you're just dinging at yeah, every I'm word you say. Out of it. But uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, there's just a lot of, um, you know, different. I'm sorry, I got it. But <laughs> yeah. fucking kidding me! Is back. <laughs> Bob will love that. I've been, yeah. You should probably whisper I've it been, again because I was cussing over what you said. Oh, I just been, I've been recording farts and then going, McRib is back, and sending them to my friend Bob, um, and uh, some of them are 
quote in his, you know, by his opinion, really impressive. And I mean, this is seven hours after he got the fart. You know, I mean, it's like, what? you know, man, I've been thinking about that fart. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it you... really changed the way I see the world, Gap. Thank you. Thank you, you had for... one McRib that you tried for the first I, time a week I had, ago. I had less than one. I had a I had a bite and a half of a McRib. You blamed the last 7,000 farts on that one I bite. Bl- it just became a... Because I liked... The idea of just, because I wanted to get like a McRib commercial online where they just said, McRib is back. And I couldn't find one. So I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just say, McRib is back. And, <laughs> it, you know, it, it'd be funnier anyway for Bob. And because we like to pass farts back and forth on our phones because we're, uh, we're grown men. And, um. I if, just if you're not an avid podcast listener, go find the episode where you, we played Secret Fartin. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Bob's greatest masterpiece. He laced that track, and uh, that that was, and I locked the flow. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of it. Yeah, and you and you accompanied on a lot of those. Words, <laughs> which, if somebody doesn't get the context, um, well, fuck them. Um, I guess is. Uh, is really what I'm kidding. And we wonder why your mom doesn't listen to this show. Like, it's just like, you, you were, <laughs> weren't you farting all over her tits? And one of the, yeah, but it was, it, it was cute. We did it in a cute way. Why um, are you embarrassed of me, mama? <laughs> mama, please watch me. Please listen to my podcast. Um, But anyway, the uh, the McRib thing was just, I just thought it was funny because it just it's just such a notoriously foul uh, mystery meat. Yeah, you know? everybody knows that. I know, but it's just funny just to reference after a fart. Like if you heard an ad campaign where it was just gas and they were like, McRib is back. Like it'd be, it'd be like, oh my God. You know why <laughs> there's not an advertisement that just has a bunch of farts? Well, why? Because no one wants to listen to that shit. So don't fart in the fucking mic ever again. I I don't. Well, okay, I am embarrassed that that was that was a weak ass fart. I can. <laughs> I had. I mean, I had. I had one that was. I mean, Bob counted it at seven seconds earlier. Bob, you need a new hobby. Timekeeper. Um. He what? Parenting his children? He's got a job. I mean, what, what, what hobbies he need, all right? He just listens to my toots on the way home. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Um, but it, it's, uh... Remember that time that you decided that you didn't like any of my friends and you wanted me to join a book club? What, you mean, oh, you mean uh, uh, forever? Like, always? To every you day actually... I've gotten up? <laughs> you actually said to me, why don't you join a book club? I just was trying to fit. I was trying to, I, was, I just, you, cause I'd never been asked by somebody like, well, what other options are like, you don't, I, it's, I can because, either okay. go to a day rave and take 30 mollies or I can join a book club. Those are my options. Well, that's just it. <laughs> it's like. You, your options for friends are, I mean, are, we're just, are, are like a very, very, there's three people out of the six billion or something that it was like, well, those are your options. So it's like, 
well, if they're if it's not them, then who, John? And it's like I anybody. I don't know. Just people that I can stand, I guess. And <laughs> and granted, before you even say it, I don't like most people. I don't like most anybody. Neither do I. Mean, I. I mean, yeah, I know exactly. I mean, so you're not gonna. You're most likely not gonna find anybody, friend or otherwise. That I'm gonna be like, oh god, she is, she's fun. You gotta bring her by again <laughs> so we can fucking talk. I, 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 no, I'm not gonna be. I don't get giddy. I've said this before. I don't have that gear. I am just like, I'll, I tolerate. I'm very good at tolerating, and I, I show my love, you know, by you know, with gestures and um. Uh, the uh, the warmth that we feel right now in the house uh, from the furnace. Not from the love, from the furnace. Right. I show my love to <laughs> turning on the furnace. <laughs> Before we started, we sat down because I'm like, she's going to get cold. And I'm like... Oh, I'm okay. I'm glad you're going in that direction where it's like you did something thinking of me, not... Right. I pay for the heat, so that's wow. how I show I, my I love. Don't pay for the heat. Well, you pay for the heat. You write the check. I, don't, I, don't I thought you were it. going into the, I show my love because I keep you warm and fed, oh, girl. Christ. I, I mean, are, are we going to get past that ever? Like, I I mean, we're a team. Of, oh, of, you don't I, have look, to tell I me that, that I work. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm the quarterback, mind you. <laughs> I mean... But we're a team. But I'm the general manager, the coach, and the owner. Wait a minute. I. You still don't win any games without the quarterback. All right, you're gonna (laughs) fucking you're gonna lose a lot of games and a lot of heat, a lot of heat. All right, you know what? We will make it like that. You're not gonna have any heat if you don't have uh, the uh, number twelve. So anyway, do we have any questions? I know. <laughs> um... I just wanted to stare at I know, you for I, I, a moment. I'm glad you gave me a nice awkward silence uh, before we could uh, round this out here. Questions, questions. Uh, Twitter at Caprulo. Let me see what I have saved in the folders. Uh, mm. Bad boy Brit says John. <laughs> Hi, Brit. Nice to talk Brit, to you. We've... Again. It's bad boy Brit. Jacob Brit. You. We talked about him last time. I, I know. Think... It's bad boy Brit. It's Brit, B R I T T. Oh, bad boy Brit. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. I just always said, thought you said Brit. That's why I always correct you with Brit, and then you oh, always say Brit, and I me. correct you again I just, with Brit. Yeah. Most of the time, it's white noise that I hear when you talk. Um. Oh God! Look, look there's a hole in my crotch. Is that chocolate <laughs> on your face? Go on. <laughs> John, are caplets filmed in a studio or in front of a live audience? I couldn't picture you doing an eight-minute show. You actually get this question a lot. Hmm. I think we've we might have actually really? talked about it, but yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> Do I? Because I'm uh, I'm not there to uh, field them, but uh, uh, you know, I think we talked about this. I don't think we did. Okay, I don't remember hearing this one before. No, uh, no, Caplets uh, is absolutely uh, uh, live without a net, um, in front of the or most of each comedy and magic club. Uh, Audience. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 100% live, and most of the time, it's material that you've never said before. And especially lately, I've just got, I've, I've realized now that, like, because it is really difficult for me to, like, 
once you are used to headlining and doing, you know, I do a show that's an hour, I do longer than I'm supposed to do, so it's like an hour and 15, an hour and 20, hour, you know, and I, to, to slow myself down and, you know, or actually speed myself up enough to get through everything I want to get through when I walk on stage in seven or eight minutes is, it's almost impossible, especially when I don't have any real practice time before I do it. So I just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we, I just realized it's like, look, it's better for me to just start to just do like I did on Chelsea lately, take some topics that I'm thinking about and run them and see how it goes. And this past week, didn't go that great, but um, you know, it's uh, it's it's still fun though. That's what comedy is all about. That's what I think Caplets is all about: is watching the whole process and watching the whole just just watching some natural, real funny comedy. I don't know. It's just it's fun to watch it because it's like you'll see the you may see those bits again in a special or something like that. But you'll elaborate on them more. But yeah, yeah, when I have more time and a special, but it's like, you know, I'm just running through stuff real quick because I want to put more stuff out more often. But anyway, to answer your question, yes, um, they're uh, they're 100 percent. Yes. Hermosa Beach uh, Comedy and Magic Club at Saturday nights. Explain why you only do eight minutes. And it's um, not headline when a when a when a comedian headlines, it's usually an hour long. Sure. It's a full set, and there's an MC and an opener and a feature. You right. know, usually it's just you and Mark Ellis. You do a, you prefer to do a two person show when you headline. And so when you're in Omaha next or this weekend or Raleigh in a couple weeks, you're a headliner as opposed to Saturday nights when you go down to Comedy and Magic Club and you do eight minutes to film to tape to shoot. Caplets, why explain the lineup or, for like a Saturday or, night like that? You know, or at the comedy store, it's, it's, it's similar to, it's like where you're, um, there, I, I never actually really, it's called a showcase. It's called a showcase show. And I, I actually never really knew that term until past couple of years, really. Um, but, uh, you know, I used to call them lineup shows, but it was just, it's, there's different kinds of, different kinds of shows. The reason why for Caplets, I thought it was perfect for it because I didn't want to do long sets for Caplets. I wanted to do like uh, Al Madrigal and I were talking on the phone when I was first talking about doing this idea. And, you know, he's like, it's like doing singles. It's like putting out singles instead of albums. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. It's just... You wanted it to be like a Tonight Show set. Yeah, I wanted... Yeah, because I mean... Where the there's an is, opening, a middle, and a close, and it's short and yes, you you are correct. Thank you for steering me back there. You're, um, <laughs> that's that's what I need you for. Um, so I don't go on too much of a tangent. Yeah, when I when I do short sets like that, I realized a long time ago that it I don't want to just you know pick this bit, this bit, and this bit and try to you know oh do they add up to eight minutes or whatever. So. I want to do, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end, so it feels like we went on a short ride, similar to the long ride that we take when I was headlining, and so I started crafting my sets to be, you know, to have like, you know, a start, 
and then a sort of a, a you know the middle hill that you go up and then it gets bigger and then you kind of buttoned it at the end with a callback or something like that and I uh I just I, I wanted to do that for these because when you listen to most people listen to comedy or watch comedy really in shorter spurts now so they they go you know they'll they'll you know like they'll hear me on satellite radio and I hate when they chop up my set to where it's like it doesn't make any sense because the callback that's in there was from a half hour before that or something. Right. So I try to craft these shorter segments so that they'll hopefully get played on your Pandora or your, you know, Sirius or whatever, so that they actually just get played as that, you know, the, the you know, from beginning to end, the way I wrote it. So yeah. It's, uh... Who knows how it'll work out? Um, <laughs> we're still we're still waiting. It's it's a bit, we're almost a year in to uh, Caplet, so it's um yeah it's it's a I'm I'm proud of the project because it's it's I think it's somewhat unique in itself. But um, I want yeah I really just, I just want people to see it. That's what I I'm, that's my bottom line. One of my favorite things about you as a comedian is that you can take your audience on this roller coaster and you're so great at callbacks. I've never seen another comedian be as awesome at callbacks as you. And that's why I, with Caplets, <laughs> with Caplets, I'm still your fan first. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I, I hated the idea at first because I felt like you're losing your greatest thing is your callbacks because you're so good at the live long show where you make it instead of just, okay, I'm going to tell you this story here. And then, you know, I'm talking about dogs and all of a sudden I'm talking about sex and I'm so, you know, you actually weave it uh -huh. into one story flowing into another effortlessly, which is very rare. And so Thank you. I was afraid that Caplets was going to do that. And yet you still found a way to take that big picture and kind of squeeze it into this tiny little eight-minute ball. Yeah, yeah, it, it's what I'm trying. It's what I try to do. If I on the good ones, <laughs> yeah, those are those are. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, well. a caplet is, and that that's what it's perfect for Sirius and Pandora and stuff because you do when it's just a random clip out of an hour-long set, you miss out on that because it's just a random callback and you're like, that wasn't even funny and the audience is blowing up and it's like, why was that funny? Because if you had known what you had said 20, 30 minutes earlier, they're like, oh, boom. Right. And you miss that with right. Pandora right. and stuff. And like, it's, yeah, it's like, uh, it grates my nerves. I'm like, oh, no. How are they, they have no frame of reference there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I, I, so yeah. Capless is great for Pandora and SiriusXM and stuff, but it's still... Your headlining live show is still where I think you thrive the most because you're able to be a sto be a storyteller like you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now she admits it. Um, <laughs> see everybody. Wait, my you know, wife thinks I'm great. An hour ago, <laughs> you didn't want to be called a storyteller. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stop that, um, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, am I supposed to call back on that? Really? <laughs> Fuck, man. I, I can't keep track. Of I guess I'll do the callbacks now. You know what? Um, I, all right. So Adam asks, was it hard working at the comedy store? Uh, yes. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was, a, uh, when I was going through it, 
that just, that was such a kick in the balls. Um, but it was a kick in the balls that I needed. I mean, not everybody who goes through that system there is going to automatically become a successful comic, but anybody who's who's got, um, you know, maybe a, a, you know, a seed of talent, like I guess I did when I got, when I got here, I, I was a pussy. I mean, I really was. I was? was? A bitch. I was, and I, I, well, I am. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for steering me back in the right direction. <laughs> again, my dear. Fucking pain in the ass. I, um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I've always been very, uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pussy. And I, I, I was pretty funny every time, like when I first started, when I got in front of a, you know, an easy audience, if I got in front of an easy audience and I mean, they were there ready to laugh, like, you know, I, I just, I, I'd mow them down, but it wasn't. You know, it was like, I didn't need that. I needed to, you know, I needed to be put to a test where it was like, it's not always easy. And you need to be, you know, you need to be challenged in a lot of different ways at a lot of different times in front of a lot of different kinds of audiences and a lot of whatever. And it's like, couple that with the fact that I'm working the door. It's just so, it was just so dismal where you're just so, I mean, I remember that rain that we got the other night. That reminded me of when I first moved to L.A. because we had such torrential downpours. It was just every day driving to the comedy store to go answer phones for a while till I, I started my door shift and listening to Carlos Santana on the radio Cause his it was that song was everywhere at that time. <laughs> Maria, Maria, yeah, that one. She reminds me of what's that, that story? story. <laughs> and uh, growing up in Spanish Harlem. Ooh, ooh. Why are you That's making it sound Indian? Because I, I, I do with everything when I sing. Me and Sachin always sing like that. He he started it. I just followed along and because yeah, somebody he knows. Indians like to sing, or they did at his party. <laughs> and um yeah they were just some of them couldn't but I they need didn't to hang out with them. them you should because yeah he was just one guy just ooh, ooh. <laughs> and such a clown him all the time and then i picked up on it so now everything i sing goes with ooh, ooh. <laughs> baby <laughs> it's fucking awful but growing up in spanish Harlem, um I, uh, so, it, it was, it was just really, it was hard going to the comedy store and really, it tested how much do you really want to do this? Because it's, I mean, you're giving everything you have to something and it's not giving you much back. I mean, because all the fun that you may have had those first few times where you got in front of a really, really great audience, you know, you know, when you were on a show with a bunch of other comics who sucked and you were the only guy who was any, you know, that good because it was like, you know, you were at a fucking bringer show or something like that. Like, it's like, the, all that stuff kind of gets stripped away when you start to, you know, grind it out like I was. I mean, seven, eight, nine, I think it was, I think it was nine or ten, the, 
my record as far as straight nights, like how many uh, nights in a row that I would work, uh, I'd work the door and it was, I mean, you know, it was, it was almost humiliating too, because you knew people saw, they saw me at some point. Like I yelled at him in the hallway at some point, probably. And now, <laughs> and now I'm expecting him to laugh. And it was just, man, it was it was hard. But it was like when I got to Montreal in 2003, and man, it was just like it was just like immediately, like when I just the crowd wasn't that uh, easy, and uh, all the comics that were in my show were complaining, and I was like, I just. I just was like, man, you it's like coming from a bad neighborhood. It's like, you don't know. You don't know shit. Like, what? what is, this is a bad audience. It, the place is full. What are you talking about? I've had to go up in front of, like, six drunks who won't leave after dice. You know, where they're just, I mean, just angry people who, some don't speak English. Like, it's fucking terrible. And I went through that and grew hair on my chest. And, uh. You can see it now. <laughs> no. I mean, physically. And I just don't... I, I, I just... It was so necessary for me to develop and to get to here. Um, and uh, and I, I... But you don't appreciate it while it's happening. You shouldn't appreciate it while it's happening. If anybody ever does go through that situation... It sucks, and you should hate every minute of it while you're doing it, um, <laughs> because it's not fun. But when you get out, when you get on the other side, you realize, like, oh, okay, it's like Mr. Miyagi. Like, oh, oh my God, okay, that's why I waxed his car. It's the same <laughs> thing. It's like, okay, now it all makes sense. I can block kicks. This is fucking sweet. <laughs> and uh, so now I can block kicks. Um uh, you brought up, you just mentioned a bringer show, which since we're talking about headlining and showcases, do you want to describe what a bringer show is? Because I knew that as a comedy fan, I didn't, I hadn't heard of that until yeah, I married um, a comedian. Yeah. When I first got to LA, I, uh, I don't know if I ever did. I don't remember doing that in Pittsburgh or Cleveland. I think I, I think I might've been asked a couple times, but I, I didn't do it. It was, uh, it's basically the concept is. There, there's, it, usually it's a comedian who's running the whole thing, maybe a couple of them, and they have a room at a different, at a certain club on a certain night of the week. The owner will give them control of the lineup, and what they'll do is... Just like a party promoter. Yeah, basically <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't, it, they, they just... Like a club promoter. I mean, they'll, they'll say, yeah, you can do... 10 minutes if you bring six friends and they all buy drinks and pay the cover. I mean... So you're only allowed to show your talent if you have friends who have money. And, the, or, you know, or, or it might even be just, yeah, just buy drinks too. But I, 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 when I got to L.A., it was like, it was so disheartening. <laughs> Ding! Ding. Because... <laughs> um, I didn't have any friends who weren't comics or Timmy. And <laughs> it was like, I, I just, I didn't have anybody to bring to the shows. And I was like, what do you, I mean, I remember this one guy was like, it was over in Encino. Like, 
I went and did like he had like a he had like a early in the week audition show that was a bringer thing like where you had to come in and you had to no it wasn't a bringer you had to pay to perform I had to pay him four bucks and buy a drink to perform in front of other comics who weren't gonna laugh they were just staring at me like I um, I mean I might steal that but I I ain't gonna laugh at shit and uh can you and, imagine asking a stripper, like, all right, you can work tonight if you bring 10 people and pay to get in? Yeah. Or can you imagine comparing a comedian to a stripper? Yeah, you do that. <laughs> I, I mean, but, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I get what you're going, though. It, it's, it, you're, I mean, comedy is one of those things that you give it away for a long time. You give away your for free you go up without getting paid for a long long time and you still i still do i still go do workout sets and stuff like that where i don't ask for any money i just go and do it just to do it um and it's just it's it's uh you know i but i did that that show in encino and the guy he asked uh he said i could come back on friday or saturday if i brought eight friends and I don't know eight people. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I literally did not know eight people in Los Angeles. I had just gotten here. I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Eight fucking people, and he wanted eight people, and uh, you know, two drink minimum, all that shit. And I'm like, dude, there's no fucking way I could round up eight people, and I'm not gonna get start getting personable all of a sudden. So I start go making friends like hey man want to come see me because that's the thing it's like even if i did know that many people i couldn't imagine being like that like that was yeah that was the thing for me about comedy like it it was it took i started in 97 you know like legitimately started in 97 like going to open mics i didn't start getting paid until a few years after that but uh i mean my like like gene my mom and my sister Never, never actually, I didn't let them come see me perform until, uh, Christmas of 2000. I mean, they, they actually never actually got to see a live performance until three years after I had started. Wow. Because I just, I, and that was one of the beautiful things about moving to LA is you get to run away from everybody you know, so they don't get to watch you struggle and, which I was perfectly fine with i preferred and i didn't want i didn't want friends going hey i heard you you know perform or whatever i i couldn't be that guy who i'm not a good self-promoter which is why <laughs> i don't exist on social media much but um, it's also why i like you but i yeah i just i just yeah i don't i think um i think humility is uh you gotta have some of it or you're, you're just not gonna be funny if you're if you can't look at yourself if you look at yourself as like anything really that important or special then you're you're on your way out it's 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 uh it's ending <laughs> and i don't wanna i don't wanna ever not be funny i can give away a lot of shit not you dear of course um, you can give me away no i said not you i said i can give away a lot of shit I guess I, I I shouldn't include you in a lot of shit, but you know what I mean. Like I I could just I could give away a lot of. I just don't want to ever not be 
I just it's like it's it's who I am. So I don't want to lose that. That sucks. So I I can I can give away whatever money or I guess fame or or you know it's not like we're rolling. We're not. I'm not P Diddy here, people. So um, don't it's, I uh, wish you were. I don't you shut <laughs> up, lady. But I you know I can give away you know puppies. <laughs> Um, just can, Barney. What? No, he's not a puppy. He's eight, <laughs> and so's the puppy. Um, he's over here, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's who he loves. But um, yeah, I just don't ever want to not. I, I don't want to be not good at what I. Wait, I still don't at. know. Maybe I blocked out what you were saying, but you you don't want to give away your things and stuff for oh, what? I said I, I'm just saying what I was. I was. First of all, I was babbling. Yeah, I got um, that part because I, I think I, I started was, zoning out. I, my babble <laughs> rounded out to a point where I was just like, the most important thing to me is still the comedy part of it as far as who I am. Oh, yeah. You're an artist through and through. And, and, it's I, not... and I just I just don't want to, you know, when we talk about things that matter, you know, money and fame, ugh. <laughs> fame sucks once you get any of it. I couldn't imagine being like Chelsea or anybody like that where you can't leave the house. But I actually I don't want to leave the house. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I couldn't imagine. Yeah, sacrificing the the funny. It's good to laugh. Yeah, it's still it's. Babble. I I love you for that, but sometimes I'll see offers come in that you can get paid in a weekend what used to take me two years to make, and you're like, I don't want to go there because it's a restaurant and it's noisy. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you can make in th three hours what would take me two years to make, and you don't want to go there because of the venue or whatever, whatever the issue is, because it's really about the art and the performance for you. Absolutely. And I love that about you, but I also am like, I'm sure that's Do you, That's 50,000 pairs of shoes. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> sure. There have, I mean, there are some that I've, I've taken and would, if I'd have known, or I actually knew, like the Ronnie Lott thing that I did, the, the, um, the banquet I did, uh, the, his fundraiser, uh, you know, I did that at a country club, it was a place that it didn't, just a comedian, especially a comedian like me, does not belong, and it just was... I mean, it was horrible. I mean, I had to, I cried in front of Marcus Allen, man. I <laughs> cried, cried. I mean, because I was literally that upset about. I mean, having to, you know, I, I just I hated feeling so like. I remember my agent brought me that 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 gig. It was like you know, oh God, you fucking Marcus Allen and Erica Dickerson and Ronnie Lott and fucking Joe Montana's on the invite list and Barry Sanders might be there and Jim McMahon and it's like oh all your all your childhood heroes why don't you go fail in front of them I mean because I didn't want to go I, I, I didn't want to go and be in a situation where I was like I didn't think it was winnable in front of guys that I used to idolize it's just like you know so I knew it was I should have known better but I didn't but it's like I would have I tried to give. I was gonna give them that money back, actually, uh, just out of principle on principle, because it was. It was yeah, a mess. I wouldn't have let you. The whole you. thing was. A, <laughs> that 
That was a... I was pissed. That was, uh... I mean, because they had given me half. They gave a half, like a deposit. And then they gave me the other half as I was crying and trying to get in the <laughs> bus and away from my Marcus Allen. That was fucking awful. Hey, John. John, I just wanted to tell you you were really good. Yeah, thanks, Marcus. I don't really... This is fucking awful, dude. He's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's like, just not now. I got... Because, I mean, once I start to... Once I start to simmer, it's like, oh, gee, it's like mucus attacked my face. It's like, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming out, dude. All right. You're going to, you're going to cry. And, uh, I just, that situation was, man, I, I, they gave me the other half and I was like, the only thing that I have to regain my pride, I guess, is, you know, here, take your money back, because fuck you, you can't treat me like that, basically, is the only thing I had left of a backbone, and then I, you know, I said to, I said that to my, uh, uh, my agent, and he's like, he's like, well, yeah, it's probably best, they, uh, they were calling saying that, you know, they, they wanted the money back, because you didn't do enough time, and I was like, whoa, I, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, now they, they expect it back? Then fuck them. I'm going to deposit it. So, um, yeah, out of spite, I took their money. So uh, it was still... I just, I'm not the type of guy who will, you know, like a stripper. Like where you're saying, like, where it's just like, hey, you, let me see the money and tell me where to be. And, you know, it's on. And it's not on. I mean, they could have they could have paid me ten times that much for that, and if I had known that that was going to be the experience, I I mean, a hundred times that much. I just I I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to. You're not hate, in it for the money or the wanna, fame. I don't want to hate what I do. I love what I do. I do. I mean, I I complain about everything, but I love what I do, and I don't ever want to feel shitty about it. And that, still to this day, like 14 months later, I still feel shitty about it. I hate that. And as much Sorry, as Ronnie. He was a good guy. And Marcus Allen, a good guy. I know this is an important story to, to you, and I want to console you right now, but this pregnant bitch is about to pee your pants. Oh, yeah, you got to take it. Um, why, don't we, why don't we get the fuck on? Bye, everybody. <laughs>